Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to our second Draft Day edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-host this week is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. Hey, Matt. Hey, Charch, how are you doing? I am doing well. Good to talk to you and exciting to uh, get back to the draft. Last week, we covered the first rounders because we draft, we tape on Fridays. And so the first round is over. This is our chance to catch up with everybody else, which is a lot of guys that we think are that have a chance to be meaningful contributors here, at least in the short term. And so our opportunity to uh, talk about all, everybody else. And man, the second round in particular, just loaded with fantasy factors. Is the second round of this draft the most loaded fantasy round of maybe any draft ever? Like better than better than many first rounds that we've seen in the past few years. The second round is bonkers. I'd go one step farther. I would take the second round of this draft over from just a fantasy standpoint over the entirety of last year's draft. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that good. It is. It's so many great guys to talk about. Um, we're going to begin at the running back position. And and again, for a little, a little bit of a background on this discussion today, 
Less oriented in Dynasty, more on redraft. We're going to do full Dynasty editions of Fantasy Football Weekly in the coming weeks. And excited for that as well as we start really catering to those people that are, um, and some are already having their Dynasty drafts. Let's start at the running back position. And I let you choose the order you wanted to go with for the guys we're going to talk about. And the first guy you had up to bat, Matt, was DeAndre Swift. Well, I basically went in order of how they were drafted in the second round. Okay. So it's not like, oh, not like DeAndre too. Swift is my favorite out of all these guys, but uh, he was the next one up. Uh, he goes with the third pick in the second round, and uh, he goes to Detroit. Uh, on Johnson's contract still has two more years on it, but he can't seem to stay on the field at all. And Swift probably takes over as the lead back in, at very worst, what should be a 60-40 split. DeAndre Swift, when when we uh, previewed the rookies, we had him as probably the most complete running back in this draft uh, as far as what he can do all over the field. So I, I really like DeAndre Swift to be one of those difference makers right away in, in the fantasy world. I believe that it'll be more like 75-25 DeAndre Swift because he's so good. It is arguably the most elusive, shifty, difficult to tackle back in this draft and it's he's just shattering ankles of all these defensive players and I just don't think Kerryon Johnson is anywhere near as good as DeAndre Swift is so I think he's I think there's a real chance that he turns into a three down back that gets a vast majority of work even though Lions aren't known for three down backs they also haven't invested a, a, a great picker had a guy nearly as good as DeAndre Swift there in a long time and I think he can just house that job and uh, that's it's somebody that I'm very intrigued by Let's move over to let's move over to Jonathan Taylor going to Indianapolis where he gets to run behind one of the league's great offensive lines. Yeah, and I think that Marlon Mack is just an ordinary running back who's had an incredibly good line in front of him. Uh, But I think Mack is kind of a perfect complement to Taylor because Taylor provides the thunder. He provides the lightning. Mack provides a light drizzle. And the ability to catch <laughs> balls out of the backfield, uh, which uh, is kind of Taylor's one thing that he can't do uh, super well. So um, yeah. I, I think Taylor's in line to be, you know, the the seventy five twenty five on the bell cow status here, and Mac figures in as a passing down back and a third down back from now on. Uh, kind of uh, kills one of our favorite players, Naheem Hines. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, Maybe one think, of your favorite players. I would well, call it one just, of mine. Just because we like to play the nine times drop because it rhymes with his oh, name. That That's about true. it. Yeah, we, yeah, we do love that. We do love that part. So uh, Taylor, of course, a very complete back who stunned people with his combine run of uh, four three nine. We knew he was fast. We didn't think he was like track star fast, but it turns out he is. And you still get a, a physical thick well-built back who's got uh, better footwork and lateral movement than anybody his size should have. And I mentioned the great offensive line for Indianapolis. Pro Football Focus ranked Indy's offensive line as the second best run blocking line in the NFL. You're going to give Jonathan, you're going to give Jonathan Taylor like five free yards on half his runs. I mean, that's, oh, it's, uh, it could be a, a fantastic opportunity for him. And I think Taylor feels to me like he's going to end up fitting in I think he's going to end up fitting into round two of fantasy drafts. Does I think that that's sound right. about right to you? 
Yeah, that's kind of where I got him. Um, in my latest dynasty trade value chart, I have him as the 12th overall player right now. Um, so I, I think he's right up there. And I want to ask you, Charge, if you're in the rookie draft and you hold 1-1 in a traditional dynasty rookie draft, would you take Jonathan Taylor or would you take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I think I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor because I get the every down back. I get the goal line back. I'm not sharing time with anybody, and I can't be assured of that with Clyde Edward Edwards Alaire. As much as I love him, I still feel like he's nobody. We're not talking about Jonathan Taylor in a sixty forty split here. I mean, no, I, I, I don't think, think Taylor that's... takes that that offense over. I think so too. Now Frank Wright is it is part of that you know the dreaded Eagles offense historically right and where they did use a frustrating rotation of back so you know maybe it'll be more more of a rotation than we realize or that we want to believe but um i think damian williams is a bigger threat to clyde edwards Hilaire than um than jonathan taylor is well frank reich also was in the uh san diego Chargers system where they've been known for bell cows for years and years so uh we could we could see it go both ways here yeah, we could see it go both ways. Um, very intrigued by Taylor, obviously, and, and I think almost anybody would feel that way. All right, let's go to our next running back up. Cam Akers was the next guy taken in the third round, and he ends up going to the Rams. We figured the Rams would address this. I, I think it was a little earlier than I expected them to, but um, they end up going with the powerfully built Cam Akers, presumably to take the role of Todd Gurley. Yeah, it seems like he would slide right into Todd Gurley's role, but... Last year, the Rams often featured both Gurley and Malcolm Brown, and they sprinkled in Daryl Henderson as well. And gosh, all those Daryl Henderson truthers out there who were investing heavily in him when they got rid of Gurley, they got to be freaking out right now because this is not good for his uh, numbers. Oh, no, Uh, not at all. I do think that the Rams learned something because of the overuse of Gurley. And I have a feeling that this is now going to be a shared backfield. I still like Akers the best out of this bunch. But right off the bat, I would say he might be a 50% snap rate kind of guy with uh, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson eating up the other half um, together. So I, I'm a little nervous about the usage that he'll get there. But uh, I do like the player and I do like the offense. So there's going to be some uh, some bright spots ahead for Cam Akers. Do you think Cam Akers gets the goal line work for the Rams? I do because he's just... It's, he's. He's just so physical and he's so powerful. And I don't think they've got that on roster right now. I believe Cam Akers is going to going to get the goal line carries. Do you? Yeah. And Todd Gurley was that goal line back last year. So they obviously don't see that out of Henderson or Malcolm Brown because they gave it to to Gurley. So I think Akers uh, does have that uh, the opportunity to be like a double digit touchdown kind of guy just with that Rams offense getting close to the stripe. Yeah, uh, agreed. That's what makes uh, Cam Akers awfully, awfully intriguing here. It's a uh, Rams offense, as we know, can be very explosive. Cam Akers could be sitting on 12 touchdowns, and I wouldn't be at all surprised. Could be mm-hmm. higher. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that's the absolute ceiling, but I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he hit the 12 touchdown mark, and that makes him a significant fantasy contributor. Sure. Let's go to J.K. Dobbins, the fourth running back taken in the draft. He ends up in Baltimore, and this was a, at least in the short term, this was a frustrating landing spot for an awfully good player in J.K. Dobbins. Well, I mean, if you consider that uh, Mark Ingram was 
was kind of the lead back in New Orleans. And then this uh, dynamic playmaker named Alvin Kamara showed up and, uh, you know, really cut into Ingram's production there. I think Ingram probably works best in a shared backfield. It hurts Ingram, I think, more than anybody. And I think Dobbins is a perfect replacement for Ingram eventually because uh, Mark Ingram does turn 30 this year, but he does have two years left on that contract. Yeah. So I don't foresee and Dobbins was, coming in as a bell cow. Year. Yeah, he was great last year. Uh, but I do look at this as probably a, an even split between these two, which is going to be frustrating for fantasy owners for sure. It is. Uh, it's going to be very frustrating. And 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 he's got to deal with his own quarterback housing, a lot of runs and uh, potentially, uh, potentially goal line run situations away from him too. The funny thing about J.K. Dobbins, Matt, when we broke down the rookie running back six weeks ago when we were prepping for the draft and we were doing mm-hmm. these shows, his comparable that we talked about was Mark Ingram. And now, look, he ends up in Baltimore running with Mark Ingram. So, I mean, he, clearly they like the skill traits that Ingram brings, and they're just pl- doing some succession planning already. And I wonder if they're not going to grind up Mark Ingram and force a bunch of carries through him now at the end of his at the end of his uh, as his deal is is coming up through just the last couple of years here and just grind him up and then just keep J.K. Dobbins more fresh. I could see that happening if Baltimore wasn't so close to being a title contender. Uh, I think the talent will win out and they're going to probably play it pretty balanced and try to, you know, win the Super Bowl this year. Could be, although Mark Ingram's plenty talented. I mean, the issue yeah. here is not that that he's not good. No, absolutely. Dobbins is plenty talented too, though. So I don't know if they can go, you know what? We're going to just ride Mark Ingram forever this year and and see how it goes. But uh, because Dobbins is just too talented and they invested a pretty high draft pick in him. Zach Moss went to Buffalo next. And this is a, uh, this, this is a tricky spot for him because we all loved what we saw from Devin Singletary at the end of this year. Now Moss brings a very different game to the table uh, he's 223 pounds, you know, Singletary, well, not a lightweight scat back. He's also more built to be elusive, whereas Zach Moss is your north, south, more of a power runner. Yeah, they're definitely uh, complementary backs to each other. And uh, I think everybody really liked what we saw out of the out of Singletary in the tail end of last year. Yeah, but the knock on him was always that he's much smaller than you want in a bell cow back. And people don't think that he can shoulder the bell cow touches. Uh, Hence, they had a whole bunch of running backs there in that depth chart last year. And Singletary eventually won out because he's talented. But Zach Moss has talent of his own. And uh, I, it it just seems like it's a miserable fantasy fit for both of these guys. Uh, it, It makes me not really want to invest at what Singletary was on his high end last year. Because I don't mm-hmm. think he can hit the high end with Moss there. And Moss, if he walked into, say, Tampa Bay, where there was a little bit more of an open hole for uh, some some game time, I, I think I would have liked him better. So I, it looks like a split backfield here. And uh, we're going to have to see how they situationally use these guys. Yeah, And also, and I think this will be frustrating for fantasy owners, Zach Moss is Utah's all-time rushing touchdown leader. At the goal line, I think it. I think they're going to give Zach Moss the ball a lot, and that's going to really hurt Devin Singletary, who now has to score at distance and score on passes. And we've seen running backs that 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 don't get those goal line carries, they don't get those easy touchdowns from inside the five. Those guys can have 
like four touchdown seasons that really, really end up torpedoing you. And it adds a lot of a variable to Devin Singletary's season that I that worry me. Yeah, that one's bad all around. Next. And this was the first, I think, real head scratcher of the draft. Darrington Evans going to Tennessee in the third round. Now, Pro Football Focus had him graded out as an undrafted free agent. And here was the summary that Pro Football Focus had on Darrington Evans. Undersized and unable to break tackles is a bad combo when projecting to the NFL. (laughs) 200-pound backs with good but not great shiftiness are a dime a dozen in this league. That's the new Tennessee backup behind Derrick Henry. I think he has zero value while Derrick Henry is healthy. And even after, if something were to happen to Derrick Henry, I don't trust Darrington Evans to be a significant contributor. Well, maybe the Titans just uh, have some inside information because they're obviously from Tennessee. Uh, Darrington Evans from nearby Appalachian State. And maybe they just needed somebody who could run at the approximate altitude of 597 feet, which is where Nashville is located. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't quite understand this one. They they spent a third round pick on him and it, it just doesn't quite make sense. But just a reminder, Derek Henry is on the franchise tag right now. So if you're in a deeper dynasty league, Darrington Evans is the backup running back. He is RB2. In Tennessee right now, Deion Lewis left that team. So if something does happen to Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans is the next guy up. And if something catastrophic happens to Derrick Henry, he might have the opportunity to try to run away with this job if he can. Doesn't sound like he will be able to run away with this job, but (laughs) (laughs) there we go. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to touch on the next pick, which was also a head scratcher that went to a team without obvious need and another player that was graded out to be an undrafted free agent. Really weird. We'll talk about A.J. Dillon when we come back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, 
Lil Dirk, and you're like, <laughs> see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you? T- why are you, you telling me see the whole time? <laughs> And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian and Matt Harrison with you. We're breaking down the, the, the key players that went after the first round. So second round and beyond. Next up, A.J. Dillon. It was the second pick for the Packers and another head scratcher, a position of really no need for, for the Packers and with better running backs on the board. I think they went with a player that pro football focus had ranked in the, in the seventh round or as an undrafted free agent in AJ Dillon, who's got to battle through at least two people on the depth chart ahead of him to get any kind of time. Church, we could probably do a whole episode on why Green Bay drafted like they did this year because it made no sense at all. Um, Unless the Packers are already planning on moving on from Aaron Jones when his contract is up after this season, that's the only way I can think that this makes any sense whatsoever because he's certainly third on the depth chart behind Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who... Behind uh, Devontae Adams was probably the best pass catcher on the field for the Packers last year. So I I don't know how A.J. Dillon finds the field unless an injury happens. So he's basically shelved until something like that does happen. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't love him. I didn't love him as a runner anyway. Um, He's he's a big bodied north south runner and he does have some prospects for goal line use, but they got guys who can score touchdowns already. So I, I think. To me, A.J. Dillon is only draftable at, in Dynasty and Empire formats we're already planning for coming years. Mm-hmm. Let's move Let's move to our next, the next player drafted who drops into really the perfect spot, and that's Keyshawn Vaughn, who goes to Tampa Bay and will take over, presumably end up taking over the running game as they've got to be ready to turn the page on, on Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber's already gone. <laughs> well, I mean, wouldn't we all have felt a lot better if Tampa Bay, which was really has been the best landing spot for a running back for about three years now. (laughs) We've all been just salivating for the Buccaneers to take a a top flight running back there because it's just been wide open. But then they take Keyshawn Vaughn and he provides a lot of interest there. I think we all would have preferred one of the top five backs landing in that offense. And maybe the death of Ronald Jones has been greatly exaggerated because he played all right at the tail end of last year. It, it still feels like a split backfield to me, um, especially if let's let's see how Keyshawn Vaughn can block for Tom Brady, because if he's not blocking for his 43 year old quarterback and he's getting run out of town, uh, I, I imagine Ronald Jones is going to be in the backfield on any high leverage situation. I think you've hit the nail on the head with Keyshawn Vaughn. And, and we I've seen I'm seeing fantasy experts on Twitter talk about Keyshawn Vaughn as an elite level fantasy producer this year we saw bruce arians run a split backfield all year and peyton barber was giving him very little 
and neither was Jones for that matter. And he kept he kept running a split backfield. And you're absolutely right. If Keyshawn Vaughn misses a block early in the season and Tom Brady takes a big hit, that might be it. That might be over right there. And I there's a lot more downside, I think, to Keyshawn Vaughn than, than people are necessarily recognizing. I think they just really want a part of the t- the tamp the now thrilling Tampa Bay offense. I I you know I think for what you're going to have to pay for Keyshawn Vaughn, and it's too early to know where he's going in fantasy drafts yet, but I think you're going to see him go like fourth round. Mm-hmm. You can get Ronald Jones in the twelfth round, and I think that's going to end up being a better value. And I don't even like Ronald Jones particularly. We've had a split backfield in Tampa Bay since Warwick Dunn was there, so I, I don't <laughs> see it changing All-Star. anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony McFarland was the next player taken for Pittsburgh. Uh, McFarland, another guy that Pro Football Focus had as an undrafted free agent. He's a small guy, uh, but he's a tough, hard-nosed runner. But middling measurables, um, not elusive or shifty, mostly untested through the air. I, I Honestly, I didn't love the pick, but I, clearly when... When you look at what happened to that running game with James Conner hurt for most on and off for most of all last year, the team felt like they needed to have a, had to have a little better backup plan. Yeah, James Conner's only 24 years old as of taping. He turns uh, 25 on Cinco de Mayo. His body mm-hmm. might be about 35 years old with all the stuff that he's gone through in his life uh, with with all the injuries and and he's he's battled through cancer and and all that stuff. So. Uh, last year, when Connor went down, converted tight end Jalen Samuels filled in admirably, especially in the passing game. But the run game was kind of uh, thrown in the ditch when when James Connor went down. So McFarland provides that running option, and he could be a replacement uh, sooner than people think, if especially if Connor can't stay healthy and uh, they just want to use Jalen Samuels as kind of a gadget running back tight end player. The next player taken was another one that Pro Football Focus had as an undrafted free agent, and that's DJ Dallas from Seattle, uh, who went to, who ends up going to Seattle. Um, DJ Dallas was uh, a player that Pro Football Focus did not like much. They mentioned it, uh, good balance and a powerful lower body who welcomes contact, but he's average speed, slow to get up to full speed, low agility, slow into his cuts. He was not productive in college. There's um, I don't think DJ Dallas really is a factor that fantasy owners need to sweat as they're thinking about the starting rotation here in Seattle. Well, Seattle always drafts weird guys like they sure. find their own guys and, and they just they they draft weird. And it seems to kind of work out for them for the most part. Uh, Dallas went in the fourth fourth round. And the reason that you have to kind of pay attention to this guy is that depth chart. While there's two guys in front of him. Both of those guys got injured. Both Chris Carson and Rashad Penny uh, both had big injuries right before the playoffs began. And uh, Penny had an ACL, which prompted the return of beast mode in the playoffs last year. So DJ Dallas just figures in as a, as a possible depth guy, especially if uh, Carson or Penny deal with any injuries again this year. So uh, he's, he's a guy to pay attention to and probably not a guy who ends up on fantasy rosters at the beginning of the season, but by middle or tail end of the season, he could be one of those guys who maybe has a role in the NFL. Not it, 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 it would be weird, but not crazy. Yeah, I don't see the skill set for DJ Dallas. I think if I think he will need some things to to work his way, like Chris Carson uh, getting hurt. Rashad Penny doesn't bounce back from the ACL as well as they'd like. Something like that to me is mm-hmm. is the scenario where DJ Dallas uh, plays a role. Two more running backs to talk about: Joshua Kelly 
was somebody I thought would go much earlier than he ultimately went. And he ends up going to the Chargers. I he This is the kid out of UCLA who I like. He's a short, uh, shifty north-south runner with good footwork. Um, he's tricky to bring down. He's big enough for goal line use. He's athletic. He's nimble. He's fast enough. Um, and there was a lot that I, there's a lot that I did like about him. Um, then he was successful behind a bad offensive line. Now he goes to the chargers and Melvin Gordon's not there anymore. What do you think of Joshua Kelly for the Chargers? Well, I know Charch, you, you were kind of a fan of Justin Jackson as kind of a I was. pickup this off season. And Joshua Kelly is like Justin Jackson in so many ways. Um, Kelly only had 11 receptions last season, so he's probably not cutting into Austin Eckler's feature back slash receiving role. Right. So I think it's Kelly and Jackson who are maybe splitting carries or maybe one of them wins out to be the low end of the, the timeshare split, maybe 25, 30% for either of those guys if they win it from the other. So uh, yeah. I don't really like Kelly's chances of uh, making a dent this year. Do we think Austin Eckler gets two-thirds of the overall carries, leaving one-third to be split then perhaps evenly between Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly? I don't know if carries, but touches. I think touches for sure yeah. because I think he factors so much in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, to me, this does not materially hurt Austin Eckler. Yeah, it, I don't think it does anything for Austin Eckler. All right, Joshua Kelly to the Chargers. One last running back, Eno Benjamin. A fascinating player. Uh, he's got prototypical running back size. And by the way, he ends up going to the Arizona Cardinals, where he is the he's the presumed backup to Kenyon Drake, although Chase Edmonds had, you know, has flashed a little bit. Um, one of the best tackle breakers in this draft is Eno Benjamin, and he can be special that way. You're always looking for something that really defines a player that makes him possible to succeed at the next level and for Eno Benjamin it's his tackle breaking super elusive good cutback abilities um gets a lot of forward momentum going and he's strong and determined I think there was there was some and he can catch a little bit too by the way I think there's some things to like from Eno Benjamin in Arizona but Kenyon Drake remains the starter well Kenyon Drake is the starter but are we a hundred percent sure that Kenyon Drake is good because Pretty much all of his fantasy value happened in three games last year. Uh, week 9, 15 for 110 and a score. Week 15, 22 for 137 and four touchdowns. And yeah. week 16, 24 for 166 and two. That was all of his production. He was getting 30 yards, 40 yards, a 60-yarder thrown in here and there and not scoring touchdowns. So... Are we sure that Kenyon Drake is good? And are we sure that Chase Edmonds is good? And I know Brian really liked Eno on the earlier pod, and he fell to the seventh yes. round to the hometown Cardinals. It's a good offense. Uh, the Card Cardinals were second in rushing DVOA last year. He's a stash play in both uh, Dynasty and Redraft leagues because I think he has a sneaky chance of emerging from all this as maybe the top runner in Arizona. Um, maybe I, yeah, you know, I thought Kenyon Drake looked pretty good to my eye. He passed the eye test. Um, they improved their offensive line a little bit round three. They took Josh Jones, who some people thought I did thought he'd go at the end of the first round, potentially. And mm -hmm. many people did. He was mocked regularly to the end of the first round. He slid all the way to pick 72 offensive line gets a little bit better. I think that helps Kenyon Drake's overall efficiency, which was as you correctly noted, was up and down. And you're right. 
you know, I think the thing you're really hammering on with these, you know, three great games is if you look at his the to- if you look at his total numbers at the end of the year, they look really good. But he did have these down games where he just couldn't get anything going. And I, I but I want to say that was more of a product of a bad offensive line. And and I th- I still think Kenyon Drake walks in as the starter here in a seventh rounder. Um, in Eno Benjamin is not likely to uh, take that away from Kenyon Drake. And uh, and if memory serves, I think they re-signed Kenyon. Did they sign Kenyon Drake to a, a new, better deal, or am I, am I misremembering? I think they re-upped him a little bit, but uh, I don't think he's on a huge deal at all. Yeah, you might be right about that. I, I, I should have looked it up before the show. That would have been super professional of us. But you know we're at the end. We're at the end. We're at the end of the podcast. Nobody's listening anyway. So you know it's probably pretty safe to just go with what we you know we think it is. Uh, oh, here we go. Kenyon are. Drake's here, here on the go. transition tag, Church. There we go. Transition tag. So, so he's he's, he's on he's on a one, one year, year deal for eight point four million. Yes. Uh, reported in mid April that they would like to sign him to a long term contract, but they have not done so to this point. Now that the draft is over, perhaps they will. We'll find out. Um. For the, uh, we should mention, although I think people know, no David Johnson in Arizona either, which clears the way for uh, for a little extra time for potentially Eno Benjamin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're half hour into the podcast. What I think we'll do is uh, handle wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends in the next podcast or the one two weeks from now. So or perhaps an upcoming one. But I think we'll do it maybe next week. How does that sound, Matt? Sure. I'm good with that. All right, good. We spent so much time on running backs. And, you know, I was originally thinking maybe we'd be a little quicker, but man, you and I just love to hear our own voices. I know. I like to talk a lot and especially about running backs like Eno Benjamin. Like Eno Benjamin. I hear you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're breaking down Eno Benjamin. Yeah, uh, there we who, go. Who knows? You know, one of those is seventh round running backs, but the opportunity is there. Uh, Matt, great job today. Thanks a lot for helping out. Thank you, Charge. Okay. Everybody else will be back in one week. Thanks for listening. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.